0: Welcome back to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I actually have a special guest. I'm doing the intro a little early to change it up. His name is Ashton Harvey. He is the president, founder of Significant Edge Academy, co-founder of Yellow Threads Co., senior sales trainer for global services and development, all-around great guy. You're going to love this guy. Um, He is a master at sales, a master at closing, a master at overcoming objections, and just a bunch of stuff that I feel you guys could definitely benefit from. So like I told you, I'm bringing people in from my network to help you. This is a must-listen-to episode if you need to learn how to prospect, close, follow-up, anything with the sales process, this is your guy. Sit back, grab a notebook, and let's get ready to talk with Ashton Harvey on the 150k podcast. Well, welcome back to the 150k podcast. And this intro was a little bit different. So today I have with me my friend, uh, Ashton Harvey. Wow. I can't even remember your name. That's horrible, man. I need to work on that. I just had like a mental break. Um, But I kind of did a little intro beforehand, but if you could tell my guests a little bit more about you, what you do, and how you got into the sales game, because I really talked you up.
1: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you, Joe, actually having me on on the podcast, and I really do appreciate just uh the, you know, I mean, you doing this podcast because I know uh, how important it is for those first individuals just getting into sales, trying to get their break their first hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's a huge accomplishment. Even just getting your first sale is a huge accomplishment, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, a little bit about me. So uh, I, like you said, I'm the co-founder of Yellow Threads Company. My wife is the CEO of the organization, and we're very small. I mean. We have a small team, uh, marketers, things like that, but nothing, nothing too extreme. Our main goal with that company was to inspire, um, every man, woman, and child going through chemotherapy to live a life defined by them. Uh, we, we make and manufacture specialty clothing for those who are undergoing chemotherapy or infusion treatment. And so, um, you know, for me, you know, I'm not in the cancer realm, but my wife is, she's a cancer oncology nurse. And so she knew about all the struggles that most individuals go through on a daily basis when it comes to like ports and things like that. And uh, so when she told me about that, I thought it was amazing. And I was like, this this has got to, you know, this has got to be something that we have to continue moving forward. This idea. Um, Granted, you know, we we now have a great uh, for profit and nonprofit portion of our uh, of our company, the nonprofit portion being. Or sorry the, the for-profit portion being like obviously selling of the shirts uh the support portion of it is uh you know buying the swag that buys a shirt right, right. so um that that's the cool part so like people can just buy a nice yellow thread shirt or uh, you know a hat or a beanie or whatever and uh, we will donate a shirt um uh on behalf of that uh, that shirt that was bought so uh we we have that that option and we're super excited about that initiative where um, we're about to start a big a push to start really building out um, the community, mm-hmm. uh, reaching out to some influencers and asking them to be a support system within within Yellow Threads and see if they jump onto the mission, right? So our once again, our goal is to inspire. And so um, looking to connect with amazing people like yourself and other individuals who listen to this podcast who are also looking to inspire other people. Um, then uh, the other company that we started <clears throat> is a uh, Significant Edge Academy, uh, which is a business development uh, program. So business and sales development program. Uh, you know, I, have kind of taken a back burner on that. Honestly, it's just a YouTube channel, which is a lot of fun to do, to create YouTube videos and things like that. So if you guys want to come check me out on YouTube, uh, you can go do that. Um, that's, you know, where you'll find me. And also you'll find me on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn, love LinkedIn. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, right now, I also work as a sales and enablement uh, manager uh, for our global sales development organization. So I have uh, a team that spans uh, literally the globe. I have a team in EMEA. Uh, I have a team in APJ. I have a team on the on the East Coast, on the East Coast of Boston. Um, and so it's really, really fun to work with new incoming sales professionals who are just maybe getting out of college or maybe early in their career or maybe non-traditional like they were mothers and they wanted to get into the sales organ, uh, sales field, right? So uh, we got a wide range of sales individuals that we work with um, on our enablement staff or that our enablement team works with. So mm-hmm. really excited to be uh, part of this organization. Um, the company that I, that I work for is called ServiceNow, amazing company organization. Um, literally, if anybody wants a job here, man, I, I got to say, like I, I'd be more than happy to throw that out there as well. If you're new to sales and you want to get that first hundred fifty thousand dollars, uh, getting into tech sales, SaaS, uh, you know, or pass or, you know, um, application sales, that's the way to do it.
0: <laughs> yep. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm still in the corporate world as well. And I sell that actually the other side, the it part with spectrum enterprise. So yeah, no, that's, you definitely can make really good money in that. Um, I wanted to commend you though, cause I really like that whole, idea of helping other people like um, for me as a podcaster, as a person that's starting to get more into the business side of it, having a heart centered focus, like with your nonprofit, I think it's amazing. What is your mm-hmm. website? Cause I, I do this in the middle. I don't ever do it in the ending anyway. How can they even go in and find out a little bit more on the Yellow heads? Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, so definitely. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I think that uh, a lot of companies should have a, a for-profit organization, right? Like, or sorry. So a for, I, I always say it's a for-purpose organization, right? Like mm-hmm. you're making money, but it's for a purpose, right? Um, so the company uh, website is www.yellowthreadsco.com. So yellowthreadsco.com.
0: Cool. And I'll definitely be getting a shirt for sure. Cause I like, I'm totally into that stuff. Like I I've had friends that have dealt with cancer. I've had friends that dealt with other stuff and anything you can do to help them. I mean, that's great.
1: I appreciate Um, that. Yeah,
0: definitely my friend. So going into your sales. So you have a lot of fires in the plate. So to speak, you uh, you have your your academy. You have the business that you're doing right now, and a lot of people, like you said, listening here, they're just starting out. They haven't, you know, been into sales wars or gone through all the different things. So, what would be some first steps you would like give to my podcast listeners about how do you even start sales? Like, mm. where should they start? What would they look for? Mm.
1: So I have two answers. One is for an individual who is coming from a zero sales background. Like, I mean, if you're in the restaurant industry, like, I feel like that's one of the best uh, precursors for sales, you know, like, uh, but the first answer, like you, let's say you're trying to break into sales. This is your first time, especially trying to break into sales in an industry that you don't know. Right. The first thing you want to do is figure out, okay, what are the key um, characteristics of a successful salesperson, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Identify
1: maybe two or three key characteristics of a successful salesperson. Do not associate it with like knows how to close deals, knows how to, you know, negotiate or whatever, right? Try to tie it back to something that you actually are really good at, right? Or maybe tie it back to something that is, um, let's say, important or uh, that it's important to your current role, but may not be super important to, um, the sales role. Um, time management right those are that's that's super crucial but can span multiple different roles multiple different industries right um, Being able to uh, communicate effectively right, right? Uh, you don't need to be you don't need to be in sales to be a good communicator you can be a good leader in a different industry right so uh, and leadership is another one right influence. Yep. The whole idea of sales is that you're trying to um, influence somebody to make a decision on the, for, the, for the betterment of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like trying to add value to them. And if you're unable to portray your emotions back to them or really show them what the value is uh, through communication, inspiring, and being able to, you know, uh, um, uh, truly identify what it is that they're, what they're looking for, then ultimately um, maybe sales is not the best career path for you, right? (laughs) If you're not a good communicator, uh, it might not be the best uh, um, path for you because you have to, I mean, you don't even have to be a people person. You just need to know how to communicate with people. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's what I would probably say. Identify the three things that um, are, that you believe a good salesperson, the traits of a good salesperson should have that you identify with. Right. And bring that into your your interview. Let's say if they're like, you know, like you don't have any sales background. You know, why why should we choose you? That's gonna be those three things that you're gonna bring up. You know, I believe that good salespeople are this and I, and I have that. And I think that good salespeople are this and I have that. I think good salespeople are this and I have that. And I believe I can bring that to your organization.
0: And it's funny <laughs> you say that because the first sales job I got, that's how I did it. I was actually working in a factory in a management thing, it shrunk. And I ended up going to this interview and the guy's like, well, why should you be in sales? I'm like, well, I was a team leader for this. I'm really good with people. Um, I helped do this for an outreach group that I was in. And I just kind of listed out things that I knew I could do. So, yeah, I- I'm with you with that for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh the fun is funny thing. Uh my my first break, my first uh break into sales was I was actually going down the medical field. Like I was actually applying to be a doctor. I was applying to all these medical schools, decided, hey, back in sixth grade, I was done with medical school or I was done with school. And to think that I had another eight years of school left, I was like <laughs> Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Um, but uh, my first sales career, actually, I didn't have any sales, like a formal sales background at all, right? Because I had my master's in, in kinesiology. My foot in the door was the fact that I had a master's in kinesiology and I applied to a medical device company, mm-hmm. right? So I had the medical background. Now that didn't, that just opened the door. Now what really solidified me walking through the door is they're like, yeah, you know, well, you don't have any like formal sales experience, and I had eight years of, of being a server, right? So uh, they're like, yeah, we don't, you don't have any formal sales experience. And I said, well, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, if you can sell three apple martinis to, to three grown men, I think you're pretty good at sales, yes, right? I'm with and you. that's all I said. <laughs> and, like I had my manager laughing, perfect. you know? So <laughs> so just find find your reason, right? Like Find those, those aspects um, that you can tie back to your personal experience.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm with you on that. Like, I think- A lot of what you're saying in the beginning, it makes a lot of sense. Find the reason that it will link you, that you can do it. And then finding your style. Like, cause I've dealt with a bunch of different sales people and there's not just one style. It's not like you watch Wolf of Wall Street and everyone's like that. In fact, most really good salespeople are not like that Mm -hmm. from my Mm -hmm. point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, And you said that that was for the first one, the persons that just starting out. And then you said there was a second group you wanted to talk to as well.
1: Yeah. So the person that's looking to make a transition right? So let's say they are in um, uh, door, door-to-door sales, right? And they're trying to break into B2B sales, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of times, the one thing that's going to prevent them from actually being able to break into the B2B sales is the fact that they don't have any of that experience, right? So one of the key things that you want to do in, in those situations is, again, making sure that they understand that you have a sales process that you, that you bring, to the, bring to the table, Right, yep. and that you're coachable, right? That you're able to forget what the heck you learned in door-to-door sales because it's not going to work in B2B sales, right? 100%. Right, um, and ultimately, you want to be able to tell them overall, like whatever organization that you're trying to be a part of, you want to put position yourself already in the role. So, like, it's not this, you know, at um, uh, as a as a you know uh, person in in this role, I would do this. It's like, no. Um, I, I, and I would actually come in with a 30, 60, 90 plan as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So like saying, Hey, like on my first 30 days, I will be doing this second 30 days. I'd be doing this last 30 days. I'll be doing this coming in with an action plan of what you would actually do Mm -hmm. and making understanding the product and the business a key priority in the first 30 days.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's brilliant, because I think a lot of times actually it's kind of funny. I did go from a door to door job to a B2B job, and it was very Mm -hmm. similar in that. But I did have some experience on the phone beforehand. So it kind of was a little shift around. But having that plan of action is huge because I see a lot of salespeople come in with no plan or they came from one job and they're just there and they're like, oh, maybe I will. And if you have no plan, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, which goes back to to my next set. So let's talk a little bit B2B because that's more of your experience as business-to-business sales.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So how much, so like with waiting, so there's like prospecting, there's follow-up, there's closing, all those types of things. What do you think is the most important thing for someone when they first start in a B2B role? Like, because we talked about time management, should it be prospecting more, learning from the people around them more, Just say someone's like, Hey, I'm hungry. I want to be successful. Ashton, help me.
1: Yeah. All right. So what I would probably say is prospect, if you're new and the territory is new, prospecting is going to take up about 50 or 60% of your time, actually doing research, reaching out to clients. I I always say um, when it, when it comes to sales, um, you don't, you're not selling unless you're in front of somebody, right? So the whole prep stuff, you know, getting the training. Uh, doing the research is, you know, that's important. Um, but if you're not actively communicating with your prospect via either the phone, in person, or email, you're not really selling. Right. Everything outside of that is just fluff, right? So I would say 80% of your time should be calling, emailing, or um, uh, meeting a prospect in person, right? Yep. So, and then the 20% should be allocated to the research right? Bettering yourself, <laughs> whatever. Um, that's how I would, that's how I would probably, um, time manage my, my, my week out for someone new.
0: Right. No, no. And I'm with you. So how do you manage your day? So like with me, I have a set schedule that I do. I get into work and from seven to nine 30, I'm doing emails, admin work from nine 30 to 1130. I'm making prospecting calls. I take an mm-hmm. hour lunch and then I do prospecting calls probably get until two 30, three o'clock and I do admin at the end. Is yep. that kind of similar to what your day is or do you have like a different?
1: Good, good question. Okay. So I would um, so I think it's going to differ depending on who you're talking to. But what I would say is the first thing you should get done in the morning is like your biggest project. So like if I need to make sure that I have all these um, uh, training sessions sent out and, and I haven't done it and I pushed it off, um, I leave the morning to the things that I need to uh that that i pushed off from the day before right does that make sense so they're, they're okay. higher yep. projects now the reason why i say depend on on um on the person is because in sales and i think you know this uh, you know this 100% in sales uh my territory i can live in san diego but my territory could be east coast
0: right
1: right yep. so that means that my day is going to start off hitting the ground running and i'm probably doing more of the admin stuff on the back end right because mm-hmm my territory is opening up right when I'm getting into the office. Right. Um, So for me, my team, and I'll talk from an enablement side of things, my day to day, because, you know, I, I work in sales training now, right? So uh, I'm not as much into the calling or prospecting and things like that, but I'm actually working with sales, um, sales professionals on how they actually develop their day. And one of the key things is like, since my team is global, right. Um, uh, me being in San Diego my team has already started three hours ahead so I'm like literally running like I, I come into the office and I'm like every like full steam ahead right <clears throat> so I leave, like I leave a lot of my really important things that I need to get done like my administrative stuff like those important things I leave them to the very end now if you're in sales and this is the, this is really important you need to prioritize your client yep. their time right so if uh, like, it doesn't matter if you want to write emails in the morning, if your client, you know, is active at nine o'clock AM and that means it's your seven o'clock AM, that means you're starting to make calls at seven o'clock AM. Right. You know what
0: right. I mean? Uh,
1: so I would probably say it's all dependent on your territory and really what, uh, what best suits you. But me personally, it, w- it will only work because, you know, like my team is on the East Coast and, you know, EMEA and APJ. So the funny thing is like, the beginning of my day is really busy uh, because, like my my East Coast team was already up and running, and then you know near the end of my day is kind of busy because my APJ team like one like three four five is there right. eight nine ten
0: right <laughs> you know what right. I mean yeah
1: so um, so anyway so it, it's kind of it's funny I have most of my uh, important things that I get done in the in the evening but still I have those meetings with my um, APJ team and so that still that takes me all the way from three to five.
0: Typically. Yeah. Well, so. and it makes sense. You have to find when the people you're talking to are available and doing business and you can actually touch base with them. Because like yeah. I remember when I sold oil and gas, I would get in at like six, seven in the morning sometimes to catch the CEO or someone there because the receptionist wasn't there yet. Oh, you know, that's that's Just, interesting. Yeah, because okay. if they own their business and the receptionist is not there, the business owner may answer because they might be thinking, Oh, this is something important, someone's calling, and you can get through to the the decision maker a little bit quicker. Sometimes yeah. doesn't always yeah, work, good. but sometimes how to
1: get through the decision maker. Don't have them be there <laughs> <laughs> like call them when they're not there. Yep. Got it. Yeah. I cool. mean, you,
0: you definitely need to learn how to get past the gatekeeper and become friends with them. What I've always done with that is just, I've been nice and direct for me. That yep. seemed to work better. Tricking the gatekeeper will kill you. In the yeah. sales world in the long in the long run. So let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about morning routine and stuff. So I'm assuming a lot of people and I talk to them, business owners, sales guys, entrepreneurs. Do you have like a morning routine for yourself before you get into work? Or are you more of a fly by the seat of your pants type of person?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I hate to admit it. I'm, I'm very much a fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying it's the best decision to make. Uh, But with a a newborn guy, like whenever he wakes up, you wake up and that's kind of like, all right, the day just got started. Uh, In terms of how I plan when I get into the office, right? uh, My day is typically already, I already figured out like before, like uh, the day before I typically look at my schedule for the next day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, I got, I got 15 meetings or whatever, or sorry, not 15 meetings, um, 15 things on my calendar today. Right. Um, I have, this and that that I need to finish. Um, I need to think about a solution for this problem or whatever. And so um, when I walk in, I already know what my first meeting is going to be like mm-hmm. and what I'm gonna be talking about. Right. Um, so I would probably say, yeah, I fly by the seat of my pants, but I have structure to everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so um, usually the, the, the times when I don't have things to do, like uh, I have actually in my calendar, scheduled for focus time like there's like actually a a a portion that says focus time and every time or a majority of the time i'll put in there focus on uh new enabling strategy for Mm -hmm. sdrs uh focus on this focus on whatever and i'll just like focus on that and i'll just send out and i'll do whatever that project is um (laughs) i I used to do the whole like meditate and you know like journal and this day the other and like i I still do those, but in my, like not in the morning, like I I, like I'll find break times. Like I'll like right after I'm done working out, after I put Cooper down for, for Mm -hmm. uh, his nighttime sleep or whatever, I'll do those journaling, and meditating. But I realized I was wasting a lot of effing time, uh, journaling and meditating and breathing and doing all this other stuff. And I was like, this is not productive for me. I need to get stuff done. So very much so. Like I, I run in and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I,
0: well, I think I think it's finding what works for you. So I don't do much in the morning. Like when I'm driving into work, I listen to a podcast just to get my mindset right while I'm driving. If I'm doing any self-development work or anything like that, it's normally in the afternoon. Like right now I'm doing 75 hard where I have to read 10 pages a day. So I schedule Ooh. that out. Um, yeah, well, and there's the two workouts and all. Most people know what that is. I'll talk to you all about it later on. It's fun. I'm on day 44. But um, I'm not uh, like I do meditate every once in a while or go for a walk or do stuff. But I incorporate with you. I'm not like setting my morning routine is not like that defined. You know, I think Mm -hmm. for some people it works well. And for other people, you know, this works for you and you're successful. So keep doing what works for you because you're successful. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not like one size fits all.
1: Yeah, very much so. I meditate in the shower. Like I I, I, I like I mean, when you're just taking a shower, that's a great place to just think. Um, I often walk out of the shower with a whole bunch of ideas I need to put down on paper. Yep. Um, so it doesn't have to be the traditional, you know, like sit down in a quiet place and whatever, you know, like that's, uh, there, you can always find time to meditate quote unquote, right. Um, it's just more or less finding a time just to be with your thoughts. And a lot of people aren't able to do that right. uh, because d- there's so many distractions. Like I'd rather pick up my phone, just, just to pick up my phone rather than just to,
0: hang out for a seat. second. Yeah. 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 I do it on walks. So I'll make myself where I will like not allow myself to grab my phone for like mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes. Cause you know, that's the thing everyone does. We're so used to just picking up the phone, doing things. So I'll go on my walk and I'll make myself sit and think. And then it's like what you said, those ideas start to come. I think it's yeah. important. It's just finding a way that it works for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think this is the, the, one of the main reasons why I really like your podcast is that it's not? I always think of podcasts like yours as sand in the hand, right? There's going to be some things that people say that you're just going to let fall through your hand, and there's going to be things that stick, and they stick in your hand. And so, being able to be diverse in the people that you're talking to, what they're doing, what they're, you know, what they're experiencing, um, I think that's truly what's important to a lot of your listeners right now. It's mm-hmm. just like um, they're getting a well versed, well rounded perspective. On a lot of different things.
0: I appreciate that, and th- that's the goal because there's so many different ways to break the six-figure barrier. I think you just had to find your path, and the more people I can bring on that you know can show different ways, it helps people, you know, because it's not one size fits all. I'm not Gary V. You're not going to see me grind, and he's a good dude. Don't take that wrong. No negativity on him, but I'm not going to grind from 7 a.m. till 11 because that's not my goals. That's not my dreams, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, uh, your son and all. I know family's huge for you. Um, mm-hmm. I know I time blocked because I was getting too busy getting caught up and stuff, spending time with fans, spending time with the little ones. Is that something yeah. that you do as well, just to make sure you're getting that whole well-rounded? Mm,
1: I should. I really should. Um, usually what what tends to happen is, because um, like this week specifically, uh, uh, he's home from daycare for the week um so when I'm done with meetings I'll just walk downstairs and I'll play with them and then I'll walk into my next meeting right or I'll go to my next meeting because I get to work from home which is awesome Mm -hmm. um the other big thing is that um you know I say I should be scheduling time with them and really at the end of the day it's more or less being able to put my phone down and not look Mm -hmm. at emails or anything like that that come in because like I said the team is always on <laughs> like yeah, they're always yeah. on. like if, if when i'm off APJ's on uh me is on you know and they're emailing um so being able to put that away and just say hey you're gonna get to it tomorrow right mm-hmm. is important um but yeah no i have a routine typically i get off at like four o'clock so right after this podcast that my date's gonna be done awesome. um awesome. and then i'm gonna head downstairs and hang out with him from like basically four to six thirty ish Um, and then, yeah, put them down at six 30 or seven and then, uh, hang out with my wife. I will actually, I'll do a workout at seven. Um, but then I'll hang out with my wife right after. So then that's the family time.
0: No, that's, that's awesome. And I like that you mentioned the workout thing. So like I work out in the afternoons as well. I've heard a lot of people say you should do it in the morning. I say you should do it when you get a chance to, but I think that's that's good. good for people to, it just helps in general keeping your health going, especially any business people, entrepreneurs, salespeople. We have a stressful job. You need to get that that flow out for sure.
1: Yeah, um, I think when it comes down to like when people say you need to work out in the morning, I'm like, well, that's depending if you're a morning person. But I like what you say: um, work out when you can. But I would also add in there: make it a priority. So yes. like, yes, um, so like making sure that it is in the calendar. I always um, when it comes to calling. Whenever it comes to emailing, comes to working out, these are time blocks that are sacred in your calendar, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody can stop you. Like if if Joe, you, uh, if I was in the middle of a call block, right, when I was in sales and you wanted to come bother me, um, I would tell you to go away and I'll talk to you in about an hour, right? Yep. Because that hour I had dedicated to sales, right, and making those sales calls. Same thing has to happen with working out, right? Um, hey, this is my dedicated time that I'm putting into working out nothing's going to pull me away from it, And so, and, but sometimes you just say, I, I can only fit it in for 30 minutes right here. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But just like, that's your dedicated time.
0: Yep. No, and I'm with you. That's what I do. So normally when I get home from work, wife knows it's a good way for me to disconnect. I get to work out, I get to stress out. And then I can be dad, father, husband, instead <laughs> of coming home and just going into the dad, father, husband role, because it's just like having to get rid of the stuff that I had to deal with at work, which I think a lot of people here that are listening to have that same type of process, you know, decompress. So, yep. Got to decompress a little bit. So mm-hmm. let, me, let me ask you this, Ashton. So are you reading any like books or anything you would recommend? I always like to pick people's brains because I'm right now reading Extreme Ownership by Jocko. Then I'm going to be reading uh, Winning by Tim Grover. And then I got one called The Catalyst that I have mm-hmm. lined up. Any books that you would recommend for people starting out or just in general, doesn't have to be sales, just a book that you, know, you feel is impacting.
1: Yeah. I'll say if, when I first started out in sales, the the two books that I read was, or there was three books, sorry. Three books that I read when I first started out in sales, how to win friends and influence people, which everybody knows. Right. Um, the go-giver, I forget. The go-giver is another one. Um, basically just talking about, uh, you know, the power of just, uh, like the, the, the most powerful man in the book was the one that um, gave the most, any network So he had connections, and he would be able to be like, oh, Joe, let me connect you to so-and-so, right? And so he was yep. like the go, go-giver, go whatever. Um, but every successful story always tied back to him, which was so cool. Um, uh, then the third book was The Magic of Thinking Big. Uh, I read that one. Yeah, so that was another good one, too. I love that one. Uh, just talking about, uh, you know, not being afraid to... Think, think big, and think outside outside the box, and really stop asking the question of um, uh, what can we do, but how can we do it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right, that's good. So, uh, yeah, those are the three books that I would say. Right now, unfortunately, I'm not reading a lot of books, but I am a newborn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, I'm not reading a lot of books, uh, but I do read a lot of news articles on daily business trends, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, especially around the tech space, um, green energy space and, um, the kind of like leadership sales space. So yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I read a lot of articles around those types of things. So I may not be reading the traditional books, but definitely getting in reading that way.
0: No, that's awesome. And I think it's just always learning, getting better, s- scaling up, whatever's working for you at that time. Cause I read some of the articles I've been reading the books right now. I have to, cause of the program I'm on. So that worked out well. <laughs> yeah. Um, So here comes my favorite question. If you listen to the podcast, you already know what it is. But I I really like this question. So if you wanted to, you can go back in time as far as you want to go or forward in time as far as you want to go. You get to go for one year. You get to meet anyone you want and learn from them. Then you get to come back here. Where would you go and what would you learn?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I would go ahead 10 years. Um. I would go ahead 10 years to the time that I'm 41 and I would want to meet myself. I would actually love to understand what the heaven and do and how I can improve that future for myself and for my family. I think ultimately, like if we all had the chance, like, I mean, yeah, like I want to go meet this person and that person in the past. I'm like, honestly, the only person that I'm trying to be better than is the, the guy that I was yesterday, right? Like that's what mm-hmm. we always say. So I would love to see where I would be in 10 years And if the goals that I've set for myself now, if I was able to accomplish them, right? And if not, why?
0: That's really good. And you know what's funny? I would say 90% of the people that have been on this show have either gone back in time to talk to themselves or gone forward in time to talk to themselves. There's been a few that wanted to meet, you know, specific people or maybe someone that impacted their lives. Like uh, one guy had a grandfather that he wanted to go back and talk to because- he just wanted to get more time with which is great but yeah i'm with you i'm always trying to get better at who i am as a person what i can do what i can become um and i i just think that that's key so i commend you on that and i bet you you'll go if if you went forward 10 years you'd be like holy crap i did even more
1: yeah that's what i think
0: would happen
1: you know it's funny A, a little selfish piece of me like just like the selfish like Business guy of me, uh, I would definitely go back in. T- like, I would also go back in time, maybe ten years or you know twenty years, and you know find the money to invest into Facebook, Google, and all these other oh, yeah. companies. Oh yeah, If I could do <laughs> you know that, I mean? yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so just that's the, that's the selfish part of part of me. I'm like, man, I would definitely go back and and like like Google what? No, it's all about Ask Jeeves. And then <laughs> you're like, you don't even know yet. You don't even know yet.
0: Yeah, so I'm with you. I'm with you. So I have a couple quick lightning round questions. Just one word answers, whichever way you want to go. Are you a mountains or beach guy? Beach. Uh, Puppies or kittens? Puppies. Money or legacy? Oh. Legacy. Yep, yep. I'm legacy now, but I've said this every time. I would have been money 10 years ago. 100% would have been money. (laughs) Right. You just got to be honest with yourself where you're at. Um, Yeah. And I think as when you focus, when people first get into sales, they're like, you know what? I want to make money. I want to provide for my family or it might just be, they just want cool stuff. Who knows? I mean, everyone has different reasons, but then as you get into it and you get to certain levels, you're like, well, I can breathe now and you only can spend so much money. And then you start stuff like your yellow shirt program that Mm -hmm. helps people out, which I think is great. Um, Mm -hmm. Do me a favor again with this. Tell my audience where they can reach you. I know you mentioned the the t-shirt company as well as there's a couple other places. Let's just drop that to them again. Just that way they, if maybe they stopped in a little bit later on, they don't miss that part.
1: Yeah. Uh, So the yellow threads is uh, www.yellowthreadsco.com. If you guys want to check out uh, the Significant Edge Academy and you know, just what we're doing there uh, that's www.thesignificantedge.com. Um, and you know, I think ultimately at the end of the day, Joe, what I want to really emphasize is that, you know, to your point of what you just said, like 10 years ago, you would have said you would have gone for the money. Right. Yep. And that was all solely based off of the mentality that you had at that time. I believe that there are four stages in life that people go through the first stage. And it's typically financial. The first stage is typically just survival. Yep. Right. Um, you're just trying to breathe, you're just trying to, you know, make your next. And that's why you stay focused on the money. <clears throat> and ultimately, if you stay there, you're going to stay there, right? Like yep. you, like if you, if, you, if, if you don't think about the next level, then you're going to just stay in survival mode at all times. Uh, the next level after that is called stability. That level is, a, an, is a, in essence, a portion of your life where you now have maybe gotten rid of all your debt. You're not hyper-focused on, on, on all the payments, you know, like your credit card's gone, you know, like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're just making money, you know, right. you're stable, you're able to pay off the things that you, you're able to do the things that you want to do really. Right. yep. The next level after that is success, right? That's where you are able to provide more than what, you know, like you're able to make more than what, what you're spending. Right mm-hmm. now you're successful, right? You're able to just do what you want to do with who you want to do it with in the whole nine yards, like the the true epitome of quote unquote success. Then the last stage, and this is the one that I always tell people to focus on, because no matter if you're in survival, stable, stability, or success, this last stage will actually help. Like being focused on this last stage will actually help you get through all the other ones, and that's significance, right? How are you making a difference in somebody else's life? Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you can figure that out, if you can figure out how to be significant in somebody else's life, that is when the success, the stability in this, the survival go out the window. Right. And that's when you start building that legacy. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if uh, if you've heard of that before, but that's kind of what I use as my standard uh, when I talk to people.
0: No, no, I love that. I hadn't heard it that way but I agree with you 100%. Kind of why I started the whole podcast we were talking before was I got past the point where I was in the survival stage and got mm-hmm. to the point where I've been in the success stage and I've been going if you follow me on Instagram or anything I've been going on trips been doing a bunch of fun stuff and I'm like you know what mm-hmm. it's cool I can go buy stuff but I want other people to be able to take their kids to do stuff. So yeah. kind of why I started the podcast and just started doing stuff to help you know people get there because I think money doesn't change you it just amplifies who you are so yeah. when you get to a higher level like with you whether you like if, if you became a billionaire right now you would still be reaching out and helping more people because you would just have more funds but at the level that you're at right now you know you're doing the same thing and that's the same thing if you're a miser at this level you're going to be a miser as a billionaire it doesn't really matter you know it's just mm-hmm. the same type of thing um mm-hmm. any other parting words or thoughts for my podcast listeners about sales, business, life that you want to impart to them?
1: Yeah, I would probably say this. Um, my dad always, just growing up, I don't know if it was just a way to calm us down or like he was actually trying to instill something really powerful into us. But he always used to say, Ashton, what he also actually used to ask us, you know, uh, Ashton, what's what's the secret? And I would always re- respond back by saying, to listen. And the overarching concept of just knowing the secret is to listen. If you want to be successful, you want to be significant, you want to do something big with your life, all it takes is just time to actually listen, especially as a sales professional, right? One of the mm-hmm. things that most people do not do is listen. And so if you're able to listen, empathize, and help out, or, and like actually truly find value for your customer, you're going to be very, very successful in everything that you do. So. That's my parting words for your, for your
0: team. No, that's awesome. And that's honestly what I tell all my guys. I make money because I listen. If I'm talking more than the customer is, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent, man. I appreciate having you on Ashton. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, Yeah. really appreciate you being here, my friend.
1: I I appreciate, I mean, I, we've been, (laughs) this has been postponed and I apologize, but I'm glad that we finally worked it out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Perfect. Thank you all again for being or for listening into the 150K podcast, where you help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. If you get a chance, go drop me a comment, like, review. I read each and every one of them. Appreciate each and every one of them that you give me. And if you have any friends that you think could benefit from this, please share this podcast. That's how we get up in the rankings. Have a great, wonderful time until we talk again.